And now, from the dark corners of the internet, where exploits run wild, packets aren't the only things getting sniffed, and the beer flows steady, it's Paul Security Weekly! This podcast brought to you by the SANS Institute, the most trusted source for computer security training, certification, and research. Visit them on the web at sans.org to learn more. And by Tenable Network Security, the creators of Nessus, the world's best vulnerability scanner. Jumpstart your security program today and evaluate Security Center CV, the continuous monitoring solution at tenable.com. And by Black Squirrel. Pen test networks from your browser. Exploit the limits of network security through just a browser. Have a Chrome exploit in your toolkit? Good. But for the rest of us, there's Black Squirrel. Visit blacksquirrel.io for more information. Now it's time to fire up a packet capture, pour yourself an adult beverage, and give the intern control of your classic old botnet because here's your host. He's a man who manages to identify every white whale in the security podcast industry and whose wildest key signing party involved a 55-gallon drum of lube, a midget, lemons, and a man nicknamed Old Dick, Paul Asadorian. Welcome, everyone, to this edition of Security Weekly. I'm your host, Paul Asadorian. I am just so happy to be here tonight. We're going to have so much fun. This is episode 407 for February 19th, 2015. And pay attention, because this is going to be epic. I'm going to get through announcements really quick, because I'm so excited that you could probably smell it, how excited I am <laughs> for this episode. I was wondering what that was. And I, um, and I thought it was your feet. <laughs> so, securityweekly.com forward slash IOT. Check out our class, Embedded Device Security Assessments for the rest of us. It's being featured next week at the SANS ICS Summit. So next week, no podcast. What? And then, no, yeah, no podcast. And then uh, it's going to be a Black Hat. So that securityweekly.com forward slash IOT Make sure you go there, sign up for the class. If you do the Black Hat class, you get access to the vendor area at the Black Hat briefings, the Arsenal talks, and a couple of other things. Um, so you don't get full access. And access, free t-shirts. Free t-shirts. You said that last Free hack naked t-shirts for everyone who attends the Black Hat class. You get a USB thumb drive. And <clears throat> at least for this last class, they were gold and shiny, which was kind of interesting. Nice. They were very blingy. So make sure you check that out. Securityweekly.com forward slash IOT. Uh, Security Week listeners receive 10% off products in our store with the discount code IHACKNAKED. Larry's teaching SANS Wireless 617 Ethical Hacking Defense coming up. Orlando, Austin, Texas, Baltimore, and Berlin, Germany with more to follow after that. So make sure you check the SANS site for Larry's classes because it's awesome. Besides yes. Boston 2015 is May 9th in Cambridge, Mass. Got a great topic or a fresh new idea? Share it. With the community at B-Sides Boston 2015, Call for Papers is now open. If they do accept my talk that I'm giving at B-Sides, or going to give if they accept my talk, it is going to be epic. It'll be the first time I will ever give a talk. It is a brand new talk. It's the first time you'll ever give a talk? It, well, of this, this time, okay. this particular talk, it's brand uh, new. Of this caliber, right, Paul? Of this, it's going to be it's gonna be epic. I won't even spoil it with the title. The title. Just, you want Whoa. the title? Yes. You know you want the title. Just I, might, the tip. I gotta look up the title. Like it's the title 
It took me a long time to come up with this title. I had to meditate. It was very, very difficult. Robots, ninjas, pirates, and building an effective vulnerability management program. So I coupled the boring speak with robots, ninjas, and pirates. It's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. Tell me more about these robots, ninjas, and pirates. Yes. <laughs> we'll have to come to the top if it gets accepted. I don't know if it's official that it's there yet. So we'll How see. can you not accept a talk with a title like that? <laughs> I, you know, I think you had me. I told you. You had me at. at Robots. Vulnerability <laughs> management program. It's <laughs> <laughs> so sexy. <laughs> See that or I'm just an asshole. Say it to me again, Larry. Say say it again. Vulnerability it. management program. Oh yeah. He's <laughs> feeling so vulnerable. <laughs> Whew, I'm all hot and bothered now, Larry. Alright. Man, so, I need a sprite. Um Chris, do we have our guest for this? Uh, oh, no, we don't have our we're gonna get our guest back. At some point. No, wait, near- Paul, you got to introduce us, man. Come on. Oh, uh, so this is Larry, and that's Joff. They're going to be integral parts of this next segment of the show. <laughs> I certainly, very, certainly hope I'm, so. I'm not going to touch your integral parts, and maybe, oh. maybe after the segment. But I was going to say, because that could get weird if you're going to touch yes. Josh's inter- Joff's integral parts. So obviously yeah. Larry's here. Joff. If you could do that at 300 miles, I'd be impressed. I'll, I'll hey, say, guys, hey, hey look, he's got his winter hat on like me and everything. Welcome to winter. Winter. Yes, the park the is, car uh, in the garage. It is, uh, yeah, park the car in Harvard Yard. It is ungodly cold <laughs> down is. here in the south. It was like it negative is. five in Tennessee the other night. I was talking to my friend. That's yeah. cold. Wait, yeah. you have friends? I do. Pies. Here in, here in uh, um, North Carolina, it's supposed to be two degrees tonight. So. Nice. nice. It's about the same time we're supposed to be here tonight, too. And what a better night than to introduce this segment We've been, we've right, talked well, right. Well, so why do we have this segment? Well, because Chris didn't book our guests properly, and so they didn't <laughs> show up. Hey, he's giving you the New Jersey salute. You know, some <laughs> guests are more difficult to get oh my than others, and it just it happens they, that way. They, they, they wouldn't be a white whale until they make you it on the they, gotta, they schedule them and they don't show the first time. Don't get be rewarding in the end. But so we had to come up with a segment on the fly. I came up with this crazy idea the other night. That we should do. We didn't have a name for it. I think um, audio guy Steve. I we should you know we should have got a camera so we could audio guy Steve L A Steve or audio guy Steve. We use those two terms interchangeably here in the studio, which is awesome. And no, not that Steve. He flew not from L A. Not that Steve. Different Steve. He flew from L A. to here, where there was nice warm weather in L A. and came here to help us configure. Audio no way, LA yeah. Steve's, yeah. Steve's in the studio. LA Steve's in the studio. So we were on a call, and I came with well, Steve came with the uh, the title called Security Deathmatch. What the hell does that mean? I said, you know, it'd be fun. People in security have really strong feelings about certain topics, right in the feels, and it would be really fun to bring back some of our previous guests and do, I guess, what we're going to term Security Deathmatch, and ask them to argue one or you know one way or the other on a particular topic. Now, Larry and Joff haven't had this much prep time. Well, that's uh, okay. They, in fact, this is probably the first Joff is hearing of this segment. <laughs> <laughs> and Joff, don't worry. Yeah. I only heard about it two it's minutes ago. It's easy, dude. Just uh, yep. play along. You pick a side, and you give your thoughts on various topics, which I'm about to <laughs> doesn't read off. It doesn't even have to be the right side. No. <laughs> whatever side, side you want. Yeah. And whatever <laughs> side Joff picks, Larry's going to argue the opposite. Yeah, no way. Whatever. No way. Or not. Is there a right side? <laughs> We're going to figure it out. And I want to call this segment, I love Steve's idea, Security Deathmatch. Now, no one will be harmed or die in the filming of this segment. 
I can't say that for future segments, but for this one, since it's the first one. <sighs> okay. Is everyone ready? We need security deathmatch music. This yeah, we, after- need a, we need a buzzer. <laughs> yeah, we no, so just, Steve, Steve, what was that sound clip you had about this is going to be really bad? <laughs> oh, this is bad. No, this is, gonna, <laughs> this is security deathmatch. All right. Larry and Joff, my two contestants, are yeah. you guys ready? Never. But not at all. All right. I'm going to start off with an easy one for you both. To kind of get you warmed up in this right, first round. Time. Is there multiple rounds? Okay, well, okay. Whatever. Yeah. Round, so, yeah, round one. VI. No, wait, wait, wait. Before you go, <sighs> what's the format? Are we talking Jeopardy format here? There's no format, Job. I throw out a topic <laughs> and you guys debate it. That's, okay. It's a All death right, match. Go, go, go. There's no rules, Job. <laughs> go, hurry up. Death All right. VI versus NMAP. I will give... You mean Emacs. Uh... What did I say? End map. What? End map. You know what? Can Kill we just... the host. Kill the host. <laughs> Fuck. <sighs> well, that would All be right, an interesting debate. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right. So security deathmatch round one, take two. <laughs> VI versus Emacs. Larry, go. I'm going to take Emacs on this one. Wow. And the only reason why I would say Emacs, because when someone else sits down to use your computer and edit a file, they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Because like you know what? Time Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joff, you got the easy one. You got the easy one, Joff. Yes, I will take VI, which, like God, everybody should have. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, every POSIX-based operating system on the planet does. <laughs> hey, you, you show me. Oh, wait, I'm getting warmed up too early. I don't know. Larry, you want to go first? What you, what, where are we going to start with this? Uh, that was my argument for Emacs, is that when someone sits down to use your text editor, they have no idea what the hell they're doing. Okay, well, I, I would say that that argument applies to VI as well, but in <laughs> But of course, I'd be sort of agreeing with you, but um, I mean, who the fuck invents an editor where you hit fucking 500 different control keys to do anything? Emacs just sucks the big one. Uh, wait, I thought you were talking about VI for a second there. <laughs> 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 I mean, at least in VI, you can do colon S slash. That's like five keys. Slash G slash return dollar dot dollar up carrot G. And then everything is done. All right. So what's the problem? <laughs> now, Joff, arrow keys or letters for navigation in VI? VI improved. Oh, but... No, VI. Okay. Arrow, arrow keys blow, right? <laughs> VI was invented. VI was invented before arrow keys even existed. Still, so still arrow keys like keyboards. You put your four fingers on the H, J, the K, and the L, and you move around like God intended you to. What the fuck is the problem with that? They, did, they didn't have arrow keys in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> arrow keys weren't invented in Australia. No. I mean, that's right. That, that VT-52 <laughs> terminal had too much fucking chewing gum. They were export one. restricted. <laughs> They were a munition. <laughs> so you use the H, J, K, and L like you should. Oh, shit, I you still have bourbon over here. Oh, oh. my God. All okay. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are, oh. we, are we ready for round two? We'll go to something a little more. That was just kind of a warm-up. Believe <laughs> it or not, <laughs> we'll go to something more security-related topic next. How's that? <sighs> Uh, this is where I, I dive off the cliff. All right. <laughs> okay. Firewalls versus actually hardening your systems. Oh. Joff, I'll turn it to you first. 
Okay, I'm going with fi- I'm going with uh, hardening your systems. Uh, not with firewalls. You can blow your firewall right out your rear end as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know, when it comes down to operating systems, why in God's green earth don't people look at the services running on them and turn them off? I mean, for Christ's sake, you get anything out of the box, it's not going to be hardened. We'll save a, a small exception number of OSs like OpenBSD and such. You've got to go through them, look at your net stat, turn off your services, do what you're supposed to but do. But, Chop, some of those services are needed. I mean, come on. you got to have 135, 139, and 445 on your Windows systems to actually use them. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. You, you may not want to join a domain. But <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Technically, you, you don't. <laughs> usability right yeah, yeah usability okay so like you know let's face it the so-called stateful firewall on windows is a piece of shit i mean it doesn't really work that well okay there are some stateful firewall well <laughs> walls that work well um I, okay let me give windows so, so that would be a stateful firewall firewall <laughs> let me give windows 7 and up a Wells little bit of credit they've done a lot a lot of work on tuning it okay Here's the only reason I think no, I'm going to make Larry's reason. argument. Harden your systems. You don't need a firewall. The system needs to just be listening on the services that it's providing, period. That's it. The end. Mm. Great. Larry. So, one, nobody does that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, you got to have a firewall, and those services that are listening, you need to protect them from each other and from the internet at large. So, I will say a firewall because that was the lot I was given in life. Um, yeah, Joff, yeah, harden the systems. Only make certain services available, and what happens when that service has a vulnerability? Well, patch maybe it. there's something, <laughs> patch it. Yeah, maybe there's some things you can do there with uh, some deep inspection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's there's my argument. Not nearly as fun as Joff's. Hey, so I, I'll, I'll give Larry a little bit of cred here. If you've got a system that's acting in a happy group with other systems and you want to have some internal segmentation on a network and you can control that firewall centrally, then firewalls, I think, may have a role to play. You don't necessarily have to internally segment um, using network gear. You can internally segment using a centrally managed firewall solution, right? See, Larry, I'm making your argument for you. That was it's wonderful. You, so sharing and the love that's sharing, going on right caring. now is just... It's, it's in a death match, no less. In a death match, it's really... You know, I feel like I have to get really aggressive with this, Paul. You wound me up, man. I, I did. I, well, my next one was going to be segmentation versus no segmentation. Wow. Oh, I think we just covered that. <laughs> I think you did, too. Okay. Python versus Pearl. Ruby. Ruby, Pearl. <laughs> Well, <laughs> go. Python versus Perl versus Ruby versus Lua. Oh, what? Versus COBOL. Yeah, isn't, isn't Lua one of those dances that happens at Hawaiian parties? <laughs> okay. I'm Python, ta- I'm, I'm, Python I'm ta- versus Perl versus Ruby. I'm ta- Tough go. I'm taking Python on this one. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> You're going to have to defend either... Pearl or Ruby, Joff. Okay, so... Um, Come on, Joff. Pearl's self-documenting. You could... <laughs> I thought Pearl was self-undocumenting. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a write-only language. <laughs> yeah, so I'll go with Pearl. Write-only language. That's a completely correct statement. Once you do Pearl, you never do it again. Um, that's the beauty of it. You get your ideas down. 
They're completely concrete and they will never be modified again because it's not possible to ever modify them again. <laughs> and just, just like the good old language C of old, you could write the most complicated ball of shit in one line in Perl that nobody will ever be able to read in the future. And that is just a fantastically spectacular thing. Okay. And it works. It's like the, oh, e it's like the it Emacs works. of programming languages. Uh, uh, so, okay. so Python, huge support. Lots of great community. Folks use it. I can somewhat understand it. There's lots of good modules. And, well... I can hear the choirs. I can hear it's like birds oh my gosh, tripping. Python. And I can, and there's I, a rainbow in the studio right now. I suck at Python, <laughs> and still, because you know why? I suck even more at Perl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have to say that you know, showing my age here, I have written multi-thousand lines of code in Perl. In Cobol. <laughs> hey, can you guys click that? <laughs> click the hang up button on Skype over there, because you know he's out of here. <laughs> but. But to Larry's point, as soon as Python came, came along, I ditched Perl as fast as some of my ex-girlfriends. <laughs> wow. So you, you stuck That's around. almost it, as fast so, as so, they ditched you. So, Goff, so, so, is... so, so in other words, he stuck around and went out with them a couple more times hoping yeah. for sex. <laughs> <laughs> it never worked. <laughs> he tried to do a couple of penetration tests using Perl. <laughs> it still didn't work. <laughs> he, tried to, he tried to do a couple penetration tests out of scope. Yeah. And it out didn't work. Because once you write it, it's, it's, once you write it off, it's all done. All right. Wow. Yeah. And, and, right. and I've only got two children that I know of. <laughs> we'll continue doing kind of the non-security focus, but I would appreciate if you could relate it back to security because yeah, yeah. this, this one's kind of uh, interesting, especially. Paul's raining on our parade. Chrome versus Firefox. I got Firefox. Go for it. All right, Firefox is the reference standard. It is, it is the code base against which all other things are measured versus Chrome being the Oh my God, I'm going to track you to death. Thank you, Google, for building in all these non-privacy features, which are going to, you know, gain knowledge of every single thing you're doing. Um, point of order, I use Mozilla Firefox for all of my reference-based testing when I'm doing penetration tests, and then I validate against other browsers as needed because I do feel like Mozilla is a very accurate implementation of the standards. Uh, um, but I don't know. What else have I got to say? Not a lot. Go, Larry. So have you ever tried verifying cross-site scripting in Chrome? I didn't think so, because it doesn't fucking work. Because <laughs> <laughs> they block that shit. So that means for the average user... Chrome is more secure is what you're saying. I would agree that Chrome may be more secure in that respect. It's a good thing that everyone in most of the environments that receive penetration testing mm -hmm. uses Internet Explorer, which I didn't put on the table. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, that said, for, for Chrome, I use both. I use Chrome I use and Firefox. Too. I use Firefox on my personal and I use laptop. And honestly, I have on my work, I have... Chrome, browser, yeah. Firefox, and Safari. What about Opera? Opera? Um, that's on this machine. I have Opera, uh, Firefox, Chrome, and Opera Safari on this machine. Mm, interesting. I, I do validate uh, findings when I'm testing, usually with IE as a secondary reference from mm. Mozilla Firefox. Yeah. And to be to to example as an example, I have. You will note, Paul. I have S Firefox open on this machine. I also currently have Safari open on this machine. I've both of them at the same time. 
browser wars. Actually, I will say the Chromium base is interesting in that some mm-hmm. other browsers, especially the ones that are more privacy-focused, have emerged um, lately. Uh, for example, I've been using Epic. Which, uh, I'm nice. I'm, I'm kind, of, kind of impressed with Epic. Mm. Um, but that is a Chrome-based browser, so... Uh, yep, and there was there was another one many years ago that I attempted to go use. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go check out this new browser, and I fired up, and it's fucking Firefox. Like, uh, oh, not what I wanted. Okay. I do tend to like the plug-in base in Firefox from the pen testing perspective. Yeah. Things things like uh, Wappalizer, things like... Uh, <clears throat> what uh, is Wappalizer? A Wappalizer is a uh, an attempted a plugin that attempts to uh, identify remote technologies as you're testing. It, it will pull up, um, you know, is this a is this a IIS server? Is it using uh, JScript? Is it using uh, Google Analytics? Is it using right? It'll it'll try to identify those in an iconic uh, form, uh, no pun intended, that you can click on and then drop down and see what these different technologies are. So it's a it's a very nice way of doing a little bit of recon as you're as you're doing. The early parts of your test in a, in a kind of visual way. Okay, um, and and I and I have a non-security thing that I like Chrome over Firefox for. Firefox changed their default search engine to Yahoo. You know what the default search engine in Chrome is? Google. Bing. Oh, Google. I was going to say DuckDuckGo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You can change. <laughs> by the way, for everybody out there who's in browser land of happiness, you can. Change your default search engine on just about anything. You just have to go find the setting. Yep. Um, so there you go. Duck, duck, go. Go, duck, duck. So this next one in security deathmatch that uh, I came up with was based on uh, some threads I was reading on Twitter, which were kind of interesting. So Sweet. agent versus agentless. Generic. Take it wherever direction you like, but argue either agent or agentless. Joff, you pick on this one, man. Joff, over to you. Um, okay, let's argue from the perspective of uh, host-based protections, endpoint protections. Um, I would argue agent uh, in, in favor of agentless in that you gain much more visibility into what the endpoint is doing um, and that in the corporate world today, at least presently, there's still a very heavy presence of um, PCs that are um, actively running um, some non-browser-based applications and, and that, that the registry and all the rest of the things on the Windows box actually matter, so you need that agent visibility. However, with the, um, merge, uh, with the um, technology moving forward to um, mobile API, J- uh, RESTful JSON-based uh, API kind of space, um, I think the need to have agent on, on the endpoints these days is actually diminishing. Um, so there's my start. So he just argued both points. I, this he, is he security deathmatch. It's supposed to be so, a match to the death, job. So, but we agent, love each other, man. Take oh, a side. So, <laughs> so agent less, right? Yeah. Because who wants to add more software to your endpoints that are potentially more vulnerable and are listening on freaking network services? <laughs> like, he wins. He wins. He totally wins. <laughs> <laughs> I knew where you were going with that one, Paul, but sorry. And who wants to argue about installing agents? I, I, I try not to argue with my endpoint. Yeah. <laughs> I argue with my endpoint every freaking day. Oh, you mean your endpoint's not a mo- metaphor for, and argue is not a metaphor for, okay, never mind. <laughs> no. It's 
not Larry. Not everything is a metaphor for that. <laughs> it's not? Exactly. Oh, that's okay, it. ready, that's next that's one. It. Security death match. Round 27. Cyber war versus not cyber war. Cyber war. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <So, laughs> what? You're sp- supposed to pick a side. Where's Space Rogue? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Can I phone a friend? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, cyber war. I'm picking cyber. Uh, first of all, Fuck, not cyber to... sex, cyber war. First of all, <laughs> the word cyber is massively overused and abused, and uh, I'm so sick of hearing it. The other thing is, cyber war is giving given much too much lip service in the media right now, and every, everybody thinks it's like sexy, romantic, blah, blah, blah. The, the, the truth of the matter is there are real things going on, and there are real things going on in uh, the, the land of internet in terms of attack, defense, that we do have to pay attention to. Attention to. Uh, to use a blanket statement such as cyber war um, is uh, painting it with a way too broader strokes, uh, and um, I'm just kind of sick of hearing it, uh, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but cyber war is real. Um, it's here to stay. Um, we do have nation state based actors that are active and we are dealing with it on an active basis. Um, we just need not to glorify it. All right. Not cyber war. It's not cyber war. It's war. It's a war on many fronts. I'm sorry. It's, it's it happens to be in a digital medium. It's, it's still war. It's just not land-based, and it's not humans fighting humans. It's bits fighting bits. So it's it's war. It's not cyber. I think we just argued the same point <laughs> again. <laughs> we're, we're very. All right, you ready? You ready? Sneakers versus war games. Oh, oh shit! He went there. Oh, That's what I did. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh. I'm taking sneakers. Okay. All right. If, you're, if you haven't seen both those movies, you're automatically disqualified. <laughs> seen, uh, or if you haven't seen both of those movies this week. That's right. Okay. I don't think I have. I've seen War Games, but not Sneakers. So, so, he, so, so, he, so he's going to take War Games, and I'm taking Sneakers. <laughs> disqualified. Okay, disqualified. Okay. I, I, I take War Games. Um, yeah, again, a nice piece of uh, Hollywood over... Uh, uh, emphasis on um, you know a nice so- piece of what for Ali Sheedy? What, what were you, <laughs> is that? What you were implying, Joff? <laughs> Matthew Broderick, he's from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that why? <laughs> yeah, it's all about Matthew Broderick. No, 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 no. They went too far, as they always do in these movies. You know, I, one of the Joff. Wait, f- can you can you say Whopper for us? Uh, Whopper. It's a Whopper. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Whopper. <laughs> can you get one of those to play a game? Now, now, Joff, can you get a Whopper at Hungry Jacks or Burger King? Uh, no, you'd have to get that at Hungry Jacks. <laughs> do you have to fight a kangaroo in order to get it? Is no, that... it's made of kangaroo. Oh, uh, yes, you do, and it's going to be a street fight, and there's going to be an, another kangaroo involved. So if you get in between them, you're going to get kicked in the head. Gotcha. Yeah, safe advice. Got that? Sage yeah. advice. So don't no, don't get in between them. That's the sage advice. If you see two kangaroos going at it. Defi- find your drop bear and your hoop snake, and you're good to go. <laughs> Drop <Yeah. Jump. laughs> run to the way. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't seen s- sneakers. I have not seen sneakers. Well, if I have, I've forgotten about it. But I haven't wow. seen sneakers. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, you wow, prefer man. the net? Is that what you're saying? Get updated. <laughs> so, so on my, it, it, uh, I'm gonna uh, sneakers. 
yes, maybe a little bit over the top. But when I ask, when people ask what I do computer security, I say, have you ever seen the movie Sneakers? And I'm finding over the last five years or so that a lot of people have not seen Sneakers. And in fact... Because like us, it's old. It is. It is. <laughs> and um, when I say, I say, so basically what I do is like Sneakers, but with more computers. You remember that line, Robert Redford, in the beginning of the movie? And uh, he he's standing at the bank after their first job there, and the the yes. teller is cutting him a check. I don't get paid quite enough. And, or no, and she says, "So you break into people's places to tell them how you broke into people's places?" And he says, "It's a living." And she says, "It's not a very good one." Well, that's changed. That's changed. That's <laughs> changed. <laughs> and I say that to people. I said, "You know, so there's that scene in the beginning, mm. and yeah, it's it's a good one." That's what I do. I I break into people's stuff to tell them how I broke into their stuff so that they can fix it. And then I walk away and I come back and do it again next year (laughs) because they didn't fix their stuff. Yeah, that happens, sadly, all too often. And and you start thinking about some of the things that they did in that movie between stealing IDs and the physical pen test and engaging with all of those systems. Um you start seeing that in all sorts of real world type of stuff. Now, maybe some of those, they were a little bit ahead of their time. Um, and even from the point of having the black box, like an answering machine that can decode everything. Um, just go to the NSA for that. I mean, uh, those things are starting to see their way into our desktop stuff to be able to decode everything. So they are, they are indeed. So sneakers, sneakers. It is. Somebody give <laughs> shot. Okay. All right. Next one, Paul. Oh, uh, running out of steam, Paul. Come and then, on. And, then, we, and, then, and then I got to make another set of drinks before we bring our, our guests yes. on for stories. Um, I like this one. PHP versus .NET. <laughs> From take, a security perspective, not yep. I'm taking, developing. I'm taking .NET. Oh, he beat me to it. Okay, <laughs> so... From a security perspective, PHP like is um, is good for pen testers. <laughs> yes, is um, absolute suicide most of the time. Um, too many kitties are working with PHP, I think, um, and not really even exercising the security features that are barely existent. Um, there are some there. Um, they they do have some session management, for example. Hmm. Um, they do have some things, but there has been. Um, well, a litany of, of um, boundary-based um, overflow stuff in PHP that's just hard to ignore and uh, makes it um, kind of difficult to work with. And if I were choosing a project, again, you know, we're going to probably agree on this. If I was choosing a project uh, from ground up that was a web-based project, I would not choose PHP, to be honest. Um, I would probably go with one of the more modern frameworks. I'm a bit partial to Django myself because it's Python-based. Uh, but yeah, PHP is... Not one that I would argue for, and I'm just not even going to try. Okay. So, Joff, to that, uh, university space is huge on developing their own stuff in PHP because it's, you know, it's, easy. What, what a, it's easy, and that's what a lot of the students do for their projects. Well, they, they easy, do it, but they, they stand it up. Low and barrier they go to in. entry. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I would argue there's a, I have not done anything to the heck out of a lot of stuff in .NET, and I'd argue that .NET is relatively bar- low barrier to entry to get into, especially in-, in university for developing. But on a default install of something that you're going to deploy a .NET application on, that, that I, I really hate to say Microsoft did anything wrong. They did something right. That's tight. 
to get around a lot of the cross-site scripting, SQL injection, any of that type of stuff on some .NET stuff out of the box is is a challenge. Uh, yeah, so what, what you end up having to do, and I agree with you, I've done some pen testing on .NET, um, the developer themselves has to end up shooting themselves in the foot, yeah. usually, and they have to try they have to, to do try that. hard. And so, you know, it being out of the box relatively secure is, is great versus the counter argument that PHP, to actually secure it while you're developing, you have to put in the effort. Yep. Um, it's not secure out of the box. And so I think there are best practices with PHP that are out there and people can put in that effort. It's just a whole lot more work. Um, so, um, it, it, you know, uh, I, I have to, you know, agree that, that .NET is a better approach out of the box. It really does. Uh, it does what people want. You know, ought to it does what ought to have been done by a lot of these other frameworks, and there are others catching up as well. They're doing very similar things. Like I said, I went with Django. Django's pretty secure out of the box. Um, I don't know how the Ruby frameworks. Um, oh, I forgot the name of it. What's the big Ruby web framework, guys? Uh, Nobody uses it. Don't worry. Oh yeah, they do. <laughs> I've had to deal with it, and it's uh, it's quite painful to. Uh, to, to deal with Ruby, on anyway. Rails. Ruby on Rails. Rails, yeah. Rails got very, very popular, but I hope it gets unpopular soon. <laughs> wow. So, you know, I don't have you, opinions you, or anything. You, you know that the Metasploit project is the world's largest Ruby project aside from Rails. I, I do know that, and I, honest to God, and I hope HD's listening, <laughs> I, honest to God, wish that Metasploit gets ported to Python. <laughs> oh. Back to Python, you mean? Well, I guess that is right, right? If Python had been more mature at the time, it might have stayed there. But um, yeah, yeah. Ruby seems completely foreign to me. It's like to me, it's like reading French, where you have to put the the verb in front of the noun. Or the I, noun syntax, in front of the verb. Yeah, syntax just seems syntactically. I have a tremendously hard time with Ruby. It's 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 not an easy language. I guess if you keep doing it over and over and over and over, like you know, like anything, yeah. it becomes second nature. But uh, it's it's a tough one, but anyway, I think we went off the rails from web framework. <laughs> I see what you did there. Wow! Yeah. Wow, that was bad. Okay, so with that was the first incarnation of security deathmatch. Good job, Larry and Joff. Thanks for playing. Oh, you thank each you. win uh, a short break when we come back for the next segment. I win a short break. That's all I get. That's all you get. Okay, so we'll be right back. Joff, at least you get a break. I gotta go make drinks. Welcome back, everyone. Stories of the Week is brought to you by Anapsis, the leading provider of ERP solutions to protect systems from cyber attacks. Customers can secure their SAP and Oracle business-critical platforms from espionage, sabotage, and financial fraud risks. Visit them on the web at anapsis.com. Because cyber. And by Pony Express. Check out the Community Edition and turn your Nexus 7 into a lean, mean, pen-testing machine for all those hard-to-reach places. There's Pony Express. Visit them on the web at ponyexpress.com. And by Black Hills Information Security, the leaders in penetration testing and active defense. If you want to know how to kill a laptop with a cocktail, they're the people for that too. Email consulting at blackhillsinfosec.com to request a quote today. And we're back with some special guests for this segment, for our Stories of the Week segment. We have Jerry and Andrew from the Defensive Security Podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? Woohoo! Hey, how are you guys? Thanks Good. for having us. Hey, okay, so that's Thank Andrew, you. and then Jerry's on. Hi, Jerry. Good. Jerry's headset looks kind of familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, your headset does look familiar. It looks like the same one that I have on right here. That's very nice. Very nice. You have good taste in headsets, Jerry. Thank you. Um, so, Larry, you're. What are you holding over? Is that? 
What do you mean? What am I holding? You have a very large thing in my lap between your legs. Because only in New England <laughs> do you oh, stir okay. drinks. Oh, yes, I need it. Could you? Uh, my my drink needs to be chilled up a little. Could you? Could you do that? Yes, thank you. It's drip. Can you just stir it? Just stick it right in there, Larry. Just yes, that's. Thank you. <laughs> it's running down my arm. Thank you. I really wish we had video right now. <laughs> oh baby, oh baby. <laughs> it's just. Uh, uh, I'm kind of glad um, we don't actually. <laughs> <laughs> Stop licking it, Paul. <laughs> it's spraying everywhere, Larry. <laughs> All right, there's a puddle. Right. On, there's a puddle on the floor. Yeah, can we not have that in studio now? It's it's like wicked, wicked cold <laughs> in Rhode Island. <laughs> Just throw that at some random car in the parking lot. Um, there you go. Thanks, there you go. thanks for that. Thanks. <laughs> Here, let me wipe it off your chin too. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> So kind, Larry. Oh, my crotch is all wet. It's Just like for the benefit of our listeners, we are really serious about this podcast. Uh, this, is a, this is serious business, John. Oh, my crotch is all it's wet. Just like at the rest area. <laughs> <laughs> and here's where Paul loses control of the show. That it would imply you had control to begin with. In the first with. place. All right. All righty. What are we talking about first, Larry? <sighs> I hate to say it. Superfish. So what is that? You don't know the superfish? Uh, Len- Lenovo's I tried not to oh, yeah. pay attention tried to it. I tried not to read it. <laughs> I know. It's, it's so it's, cliche but, at this point. No, I don't know if it's cliche. It's just dumb fucking move. So, yeah, Lenovo in- pre-installs some software that does ad insertion <laughs> um, <laughs> by um, breaking SSL by trusting another certificate authority for you that can um, break, essentially, SSL for all the sites. <coughs> uh, no errors in your browser, and now they can do inspection and replace ads and all that good stuff. And, so uh, they man in the middle of the laptop, on did. the laptop level. I mean, who on earth thought this was a good idea? Lenovo. They Interestingly. They got good money for that. Yeah, and I just read a story a little bit ago where some senior marketing exec is surprised at the backlash. (laughs) We had no idea. We thought people would like this. Seriously, that's what they said. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I've also heard that they, uh, Lenovo has removed it from their, quote, install chain, so no new ones are being out there, and they've also uh, demanded that uh, Superfish uh, disable their services until they can come up with a patch which I don't know how the hell they're going to do because it's in it's the way SSL works. So I, I don't know how they're going to fix this. I don't think they can. I did have a random thought is if it's this easy to lest SSL, is SSL flawed? No. Say it isn't so. <laughs> <laughs> Perish the thought. I mean, obviously, it, it, you've got... You know, ownership of the endpoint, you can put whatever you want on there. But if it's that easy to man in the middle, I mean, we know this, but they can break SSL. They can break it in a very tra- non-transparent way so that they can interpret and interrupt all of your SSL connections just by loading a toolbar, in essence. Is this reliable enough? I, well, I think it's doing a little bit more than loading a toolbar. Because well, yeah, they, yeah they're, I'm, I mean, they're, I'm exaggerating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but still, it's it's still not much, and it comes installed by default from someone you allegedly trust from your quote supply chain. Wait, where's the Lenovo factory right now? Where all the other factories are in China? 
China. What he said. Um, along the lines of uh, browser thing, did you guys see the uh, Mozilla's Flash Killer Shumway appears in Firefox Night Lies? So this is making its way Night, through the Night Lies. You mean Nightlies? Nightlies. Sorry, did I say Night Lies? <laughs> What, what is, is wrong, wrong with me today? tonight? <laughs> Mems, that's what's wrong with you. Has anyone checked Paul for a stroke? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, yes, he stroked it. <laughs> just go, oh, goes without bad. saying. That, that was um, my I think he was the only one. <laughs> I, I, what, what, is, what is wrong with me tonight? Just, it must be the cold, Paul. It must be Jack, having mini strokes. Jack's not making drinks. That's what it is. I think that's what it is. That's it. Your 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 alcohol blood ratio is off. That's it is. It is. So, what do you guys think? Would you rather have? So, tell us about the night lies. Because <laughs> 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 I, I, I heard you tell your wife some every night. Like, honey, I swear it's eight inches. <laughs> <laughs> no, it goes. It goes more like this, honey. She really is just a friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's never happened like that before. I swear. <laughs> All right, so tell us about Shumway. Is it? Did I at least pronounce that right? I think so. I don't know. All these newfangled names for so exploits. Shumway is know. an effort to create a web-native runtime implementation of the Flash file format. Um, and I got you. Got to, you know, I suppose, applaud them for this. I don't know, Paul. What do you think? About <laughs> yeah, applaud them for another. What do you think about? I, I think I think it's all night lies. That's what I think. I think you're right. It's on night lies. Point. So, so basically, a whole new code base to find bugs in, right? Yes. Yeah, like, so, what's better, the old crappy code base that Adobe makes with a ton of bugs in it, or a whole brand new or the code new base crappy code base that, that no hasn't been before, that hasn't wait, been tested or seen? Let before. me ask a question, guys. Was my understanding, and I might show my ignorance here, that that Mozilla before this was going for the approach of HTML5 and and trying to sort of mm. push Flash away, but now I they come just up with this. Say that. Now they come up with this, um, which seems to be a step in the wrong direction. Discuss. No, you bring up a great point, because I was just thinking about that. I thought HTML5 was going to do away with Flash, especially after Apple said, there shall not be Flash. Flash. And so I don't know what the hell's going on here. And then we talked about, what was it, two weeks ago, that uh, YouTube is going away with Flash and moving to HTML5. Right, so, so where's the motivation? Where is the motivation to do this? Because I am flash confused. sucks. A lot of flesh. <laughs> There's a lot of flesh out there. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is this is really a okay. So that that's a relevant point, I suppose. So this is a uh, sort of um, uh, backwards compatibility legacy kind of issue. Um, now we know of one pretty large company that's got bitten pretty hard by that in the past. <laughs> um, he thinks this is not a good idea. But I mean, we said for years that, well, you know, Flash is going to go away for this HTML5 thing. And here we are years later, and Flash is still everywhere. Yeah. So we're we back to just embracing it, going, maybe we just need a better Flash player in the browser. Oh, God. Like we, we, need another be we needed a better Adobe Reader, right? We need a better the hammer. Of, <laughs> yeah. The lack of Flash on iOS, though, really has influenced websites. So you do see oh, a yeah. lot of sites that offer non Flash variants of things these days. I mean, this is a good thing, right? People will adapt. The content providers have adapted. Um, and, I, and need, actually... I need my Pornhub, I mean, YouTube, on my phone. <laughs> we actually Did started I say Pornhub? <laughs> I didn't hear, I heard YouTube. It's a much more interactive mobile content that worked without Flash Pornhub. 
and um, it, it was a good thing, right? So, um, yeah, this seems to be a step in the wrong direction. I don't know. I'm disappointed. Does, I just does, am. Does Does Pornhub work on your phone? I don't think. Yeah, you got to oh, check. Sorry, right. from the show. Gotta, I don't know. Oh. I've never tried it. <laughs> Only for three minutes. That's about as long as most porn lasts. For That's just how long you need. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a night lie. It's a night it's lie. A night. <laughs> Didn't Bob Seger sing a song about night? Anyway. That was lying. That was moving. That was hey, night, night so this week I found stories that report vulnerabilities in embedded systems. No in, way. In a wireless router. No way. Yep. There's vulnerability. no way you did that, Paul. I don't I, believe it. It's really brand new, too. This week, vulnerability in Netgear devices. And then... I also found a story that covered a WordPress vulnerability. I was just going to say WordPress. No way. Yes. Two, we're two for two this week. I was so excited to see that. In fact, I, every week I spend looking for... I got to have my WordPress story, and I got to have my embedded device, Internet of Things, hacking-related story. Those two things are... Every Given. week you can find one. The WordPress one is very interesting, actually. It's not a vulnerability that's going to stop the Internet in its tracks. However... It was reported to Although, Otherwise, it would have a really nice logo. <laughs> yes, this is true. It has a cutesy name. Um, yeah. This bug was reported eight months ago and was not fixed. The bug finder went to a conference. This is interesting. Where the, uh, someone from the WordPress you know, project or whatever was there to get a hold of someone and was blown off. The bug finder, uh, I shouldn't call him the bug finder. It's, it is an actual person. But he released a patch, which was never applied to the WordPress code tree. Um, and while it appears that the bug is not very easily exploitable, um, it did, so the researcher's name, this is why I didn't put it in there, because I can't even say Knightley's right. Scott Arkazuski. Sure, wow. we'll go with Scott Arkazuski. That's who the person who found this particular bug. Um, it has to do with uh, the salting of passwords um, and using devu random versus userland rng. Um, which has been debatable. So while he says it isn't something that may impact WordPress now, a few years down the road, it could. Things change and it, it, it could. Um, so it's kind of interesting. So the assertion here in this article that, that it doesn't use a, a cryptographically secure pseudo random number generator, right? Um, which is impacting the password encryption functions, correct, sir? Oh, what he that's, said. Yeah, that's what I would agree with sure. you're getting at. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Drink. Everybody drink. Um, well, that's um, that is uh, that is the real meat and potatoes, and should have been paid attention to. I think. Um, is it a um, holy, you know, oh my God, the world is falling down kind of thing? Um, no, but it is significant. Well, good on the researcher, by the way. He was very determined on this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To go to the conference in Orlando, right? <laughs> I mean, Honestly, almost. I think that's the story, right? That's it is. Yeah, yeah, almost that is the story. Fresh. And then developed his own bug fix. Yeah, yeah. he has a patch that they won't <laughs> apply. Or they won't. They won't merge into. The he he is. Uh, he's intent on this one. I wonder if he stands outside like the WordPress offices with like a boombox over his head. Just like, <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> nice. Does, does the uh, boombox play? Pseudo random hey, music, or... <laughs> hey, hey, not random enough. Bugs gotta go. It's not. It's not user land random music, right? <laughs> uh, oh, 
Oh, but you're far. correct. Like every week, there's another WordPress vault. It's or in a plugin. It's 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 like why why do people keep running this? It's yeah. so bad. We we've been doing this podcast ten years, and I don't think we've gone a week. But that used to be the joke that there was like another WordPress vault or plugin vault or like since WordPress has been released. Well, we did have a good lot a lot of time there with with fun with Adobe too. So there was uh there's been some that that fun has has always been been good good times i mean over the past you know 10 years we've been doing the show we have to thank people like adobe and wordpress and all the embedded device manufacturers because without them you know we'd be resorted to talking about things that really matter i don't know they make the show possible they make the show possible yes they certainly do Microsoft is just so damn happy that it's now the applications that are getting attacked. That's all I can say. It's true. So, Andrew, and that's something that I've been kind of unscientifically presenting uh, to people is that when I ask people like Larry and Joff to do pen testing, you guys both are on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. from a defensive perspective, what are you guys seeing in terms of the ability of an organization to patch the operating system? Has that gotten better in the past five years? You think we made progress there? Yeah, and specifically because of Windows automated patching on Patch Tuesday. That yeah. really with, did with, the Go with ahead. The that, with the caveat that there's been quite a spate of bad patches lately. That is true. Yeah, SMCC. So most of the organizations that I've worked with usually have uh, about a week or two after Patch Tuesday. Well, they'll... You know, if they're smart, they'll roll it out to some sort of test bed. But usually they just watch press to see if there's bad patches. But you're right. Lately, uh, regression testing has apparently been sucking wind at Microsoft. But in general, yeah, it seems like the OS level stuff, at least primarily for Microsoft, at desktop is patched pretty well. Server? Eh. Third party? Forget about it. So that's was my next question. Third party is still a complete train a wreck. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And that's, yeah. What, everyone, that's what everyone tells me. And... Yeah, I can find stats from Symantec and everything, but I like to be able to say that I actually talked to people that corroborated my story. And, and that's kind of what I experienced, too. Is that, yeah, so because, when, is that because of the inability to apply those patches? Are they just harder to apply or people don't care? Like, what, what is it? I'll give my two cents, then, and Jerry, feel free to chime in after me. But I think it's two things. I think there isn't a, an easy automated tool for all the third-party patching like there is for Windows with SCCM and other stuff along those lines. And I think, in general, that the desktop variance is so high, especially in environments where they don't take away admin access to the endpoints, that you name it is deployed out there, and they don't have good asset management, so they don't even know what's out there. Yeah, I, I was about to say, guys, you know, hygiene is a big part of this because when I'm pen testing, uh, what I'm running into is, is um, usually hygiene problems that gets me that, that foothold, um, not necessarily um, patching issues. Um, patching issues sometimes, um, but once you get that first foothold out of a, out of a hygiene kind of issue, and hygiene kind of issue in the Windows domain environment is going to be um, uh, you know, something like uh, group policy preferences, uh, leaving keys around, or, or um, you know, unattended installs. It's going to be stuff like that. Um, that that we're going to get, or or it's going to be some application level level thing that's that's you know storing passwords insecurely or something um, that gives gives us that excel- escalation point or that foothold point, and then after that, you know, it's not it's not really about exploitation once you get that foothold. So, you know, the other thing I'd say real quick is that. In general, the only reaction most IT groups have to a security vulnerability is to patch. And they don't think beyond that. 
they very rarely are thinking about what else in the security stack can I utilize. So there's a lot of times I see where, hey, we've got, you know, we saw this just recently. We had some Flash O days that came out, and it was a couple of days before a patch came out. And the whole time, they're just ass flying in the wind, hoping they don't get hit. You know, they, that's, all they, that's all they can do. It's, it's, it's patch management. It's not vulnerability management. Right. And, you know, so I'm asking questions to people like, can we unload Flash? No. Can we block Flash at the proxy? No. Can we do anything other than just hope? No. <laughs> okay. Good luck. Well, that's right. That, and, and you know, that comes. <laughs> that's awesome. That comes back around to you know hygiene and, and configuration management in the environment, right? You, you mentioned a yeah. few of them, and uh, um, I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but it's not really a dead horse. A lot of it comes back to the the top 20 critical controls that the, the SANS crew uh, publishes, um, it really matters. What's your configuration hygiene on your network, switches, routers, firewalls, IPS, IDS, whatever. You know, wh what is all that stuff and do you have it under decent process management and doing a, a good job of it? Because if you don't, you're going to get pwned um, flat out. Um, you know, pen test or not, it's going to happen. <laughs> you, can, you can get a, what, what would you call it, a unsolicited pen test, i.e. you can get hacked. But <laughs> You know, code uh, on it. Basic blocking and tackling IT hygiene. You know, it, it's it's hygiene. That that's where it really matters. Microsoft can't do anything about that, or any of these other vendors. They can patch, 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 and I my hats is off to to the schedule that Microsoft's come up with on the OS layer. They've really done a good job, right? I'm um, better than most, but um, they can't. They cannot stop people from shooting themselves in the foot. And if that keeps happening, well. We stay employed. I mean, that's, that's a good thing for us. <laughs> and to be honest, with most of the organizations I've interacted with, they're barely keeping their head above water on just general IT stuff. So to get them to be aggressive enough on security stuff is really hard. It, it, they, care. they don't care. What? They're going to care. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what do we turn it, into it morning varies. radio? <laughs> uh, in my experience, it, it varies. Um, yeah. we, have, we have some customers that have actually gotten very, very good and very organized. Um, in, in world class, which is fantastic, uh, but then we do have the other end of the uh, spectrum where <laughs> folks are really struggling to keep their head above water. And you know, Larry and Paul are just not paying any attention at all. So you know, hey, back to you, Paul. It's your show. We are paying attention. I'm just finding a service that I think you would absolutely love, Joff. I would. If you go to f o a a s dot com. Mm-hmm. Are you you bad you bad to fish me, man. Nope. Come on. I promise. You promise it's, that you will fish him? It's fuck fishing. off as a service. It's a restful oh. interface. <laughs> <laughs> it is in fact a restful interface. Ooh, wow, they've got a, a scalable API? solution to the common problem of telling people to fuck off. So no matter what no matter what you throw at this API, it's just gonna tell you to fuck off. No, That's no, it's awesome. it's it's good. Interesting. Wow. People some people have got too much time on their hands. Um, I read a really cool article on why things should be more difficult to use. It's it's kind of what? difficult to summarize this whole article. Um, Which number one is this of your thing? This is my story number five. Uh, it's some great writing, and it came from Wired, which mm. usually I don't say that in the same sentence. Interesting. But, um, of course, my my example is Vim. Yeah, sure. First, it's really it's hard to use yeah. it first. Once you master it, he says that like people um, really kind of gain um, 
a lot of confidence <laughs> and feel good about themselves once they've mastered something. They say the video game industry has done this really well. Yeah. Like, they make the game just hard enough so that you have to use some skills. I mean, obviously, they could program, what did he say, the princess in Mario Kart to, like, lap you every time you play the game, right? But they program the character so that, obviously, she slows down a little bit so that if you master some skills, you can pass her and, and, and beat the game. And so he's kind of talking about how that, like, human sociology thing, I don't know if it's sociology, but how that kind of works. Um, same thing with VI, right? Hard to use the first one, you master it, you save time and have that feeling that you've mastered something. Not Look, like the feeling you get when you visit Pornhub. That's a different kind of mastery, Larry. <laughs> oh, because that makes I mean, me feel if, good. If you, know, if you know how to do colon dot dot plus 10 slash S hash Carrot. 10 5 cat G colon slash and then hit return. And you know what that does? It makes you feel so good. <laughs> You know, <laughs> just you describing it sends chills up my spine, John. It does, so, doesn't it, Paul? It makes us want to go to Vegas and drink together again, doesn't it? We do need to do that again this year. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, so. so there's some security things in there too, and it's pretty hilarious the way he describes the sec- that. If coming out of the steering wheel, it was kind of like that big icicle. There's a big gigantic spike that is pointing at you. If that was there, people would be safer drivers. Which I, the ones uh, that survive, the ones that survive, right. Uh, survival you, of the fittest. Until you get that guy that's got this vehicle that's grandfathered and doesn't have the big spike, and he slams right. into you from behind. That's right. <sighs> but I think, uh, and there'll be a massive economic surge for the underwear industry as well. <laughs> I, I kind of like the idea, you know, combining it with one of those uh, dog shot collars. Yeah. And, uh, you know, opening attachments. I think awesome. <laughs> Yeah, but see, we as hackers, we'd get bored with that, and we'd have to hack the shot caller, so like, we'd have a button on our desk, be like, hey, watch this, I can buzz all my users at once. Like, yeah. Wait for the pretty girl to walk by, zap her so she falls down. I see where you're going with this. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, you know, I struggled with this one a little bit, because I, I agree that there is something absolutely intrinsically correct about what he's saying. When you have a game that you're playing that's just hard enough to challenge you, there's a sense of reward when you beat it. But at the same time, I remember back in when dinosaurs roamed and I was coming up in, in the IT field and how difficult it was to learn stuff. And at the time, especially, you know, we're talking 2400 baud modem days, nobody shared information until you proved you're worthy of sharing information with. And so there's that whole standing on the shoulder of giants thing too, right? So I don't know. I'm of two minds on this one. Was that when you learned to program with, with punch cards, Andrew? Is that I did. I did, actually. Uh, you know, I, I first started with a loom, and then I went to <laughs> punch cards. Wow. And you know what? I got that joke. That's, that's awesome. Excellent. Good. And then uh, he went over to the eight switches on front of the mainframe and keyed in the first byte to boot the damn thing. And I had and one set And then he keyed on. in the second byte. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of that, uh, not that era, but after that, have you guys watched that show Halt and Catch Fire? Did I talk about that no, last not, week? Yeah, you did, but no, yeah. I have not. That's a really good one. Is it good? It's awesome. It's awesome. All right. Yeah, it's about Silicon Prairie. It's really good. I think I did mention that last week. Oh, I see. <laughs> so, so my brother I'm last week. I'm waiting for Chris to take this. <laughs> Chris, hurry up and take it before it. My my excellent, my excellent Australian brother was here with me last week. So what did we do apart from geek out the entire week? We decided to um, uh, watch a show that he introduced me to, actually, that I'd never seen before. It's quite an old one 
called the IT Crowd. It's a uh, ah, yeah. that one is good fun. You've there, never so. seen the IT Crowd? I have not seen it. Wow, I guess you've I never. Well, hold on, you've never seen Sneakers. You've never seen the IT Crowd. Are you telling me that you haven't watched Hackers? Or I think I've been working too much. <laughs> when in like 1990? Something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mad, bro? Uh, yeah, mad. You, you, remember, um, you remember when we actually got permission to play the IT Crowd theme? We song? did. We on, did. The, on the yeah. show, that, nice. that's all. Awesome. It is a good fun show, but the uh, the other thing we did. Of well, course, Jop, we already knew that because we watched it when it came out. Yeah, several, thanks, Paul. Several Illegal. years ago, <laughs> illegally, because I mean, um... in two thousand seven. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Paul. I did root my phone last week too while I was bored too. That, so that was uh, intentionally uh, or otherwise. No, intentionally, <laughs> not not, not accident. You need to get caught up with. Movies and TV shows, dude. Dude, got some homework. too busy. No. John That's needs important. to give you a vacation. That's important, dude. To research. Give homework, yes. I, I had a research vacation last week. Now you have research to do this week. That's right. I need to stop working so hard? Is that what you're saying? No, you have research No, to do. you just need to watch these geek shows. What are some other geek shows that Joff may not have seen? Apparently, all of them. Apparently. <laughs> Pirates of Silicon good. Valley. Have you seen Pirates of Silicon Valley, Joff? I, I have not. Oh, my oh. God. Do you how vet did, these people? How did TV. he get on this show, anyway? Screening process for Joff, damn it. He did. <laughs> no, actually, I think that was John Strand. It was John Strand. <sighs> well, so you can I, bet you, I bet I never saw Firefly, either. I did. No, no. I totally oh. watched the entire series okay. of Firefly. Well, oh. I feel a little better now. Thanks, Andrew, for bringing that out. Redeeming him. That, thanks, Andrew, for saving me. Yes. <laughs> Job you can stay. Um, yeah. Who's got time for TV? Jeez. Oh, so, Paul, you, you never told us your opinion on the story. What, what do you think which, about the mastery thing? The things need to be hard. I, well, I think, it, I think there is some merit to it. <laughs> Especially if you want to have children, it's it's important. It's true. It's um, true. I I it's for me the video game is is kind of interesting because I I I like playing video games, of course, but I I really suck. At them. <laughs> you know what? Me too. I, I really playing, I love playing I video love games, games, but I suck at them so uh, bad. You, so we got the Wii U for for Christmas for the. For me, this and your kid, <laughs> and your kids now kick oh your ass. Oh my god! Yeah. Corinne has uh, she. We got Mario 3D World and uh, Disney Infinity, and I have really not played Disney Infinity and all. But she is uh, like almost all the way through Super Mario 3D World, and like I, I can't. I'm, I got no game. So, so here's here's a funny story for you, right? So my son decides he wants age nineteen. Okay. Shows you how old I am. My son decides he wants a Wii U game for Christmas last year. So my wife runs out and buys the Wii U game because we don't have a Wii U console. Oh, no. Oh, oh. And, and Christmas Day comes up. He goes, oh, thanks. He goes, where's the console? And we're like, oh, you mean you got to buy a console to go along with this? <laughs> wow. Oops. Yeah. I was playing ping pong. She did not consult me. <laughs> I was playing ping pong against my son on the Wii. Yeah, he totally kicked my ass. Nice. Yeah, he's he's six. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that only gets better, Paul. You yeah. wait. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
All right. Well, Larry, what do you have for story? Sorry, I've been. That's no, that's cool. That's cool. Oh, we... I saw the Sam. Tell me about the Samsung TV thing spying on you. I saw that. I, yeah, I, well, so I, I had that in my stories. It's not so much spying no, on you. No, it's what the, the audio. The audio thing, right? Right. Right. So when with the the new Samsung TVs, you can do voice control, and they've got uh, a bunch of built-in commands that it understands and will do right there locally. But some of the more esoteric ones, um, they have to take the data and send it to a, quote, third party to be translated and then uh, sent back the commands to the TV so it knows what to do. Very much like Siri. Uh, when you ask Siri a question, it sends it off to a third, to to off the phone over the internet um, or the 3G networks and then sends stuff back. Um, also... Uh, so they send that data out and takes the audio recording and sends it off to that third party to be analyzed. Now, the th audio is not over HTTPS, it's over HTTP. And it is in a well-known audio format, and folks were able to recover um, the, the audio from that stuff. So, yeah. when, you know, wait, could they... Is this, like, on by default, and they can use it as a listening device, or is this... I've the, entered into... Like, on my phone, to do voice, right, I have to, like, push something. So, also on your phone, if you have it plugged in and you have one setting turned on, you can say, hey, Siri, it has to be plugged uh, in, it has to be plugged in, and the setting has to be on. Right. And you can say, hey, Siri. Talk dirty to me. Hey, Siri, what's the weather outside? And it will detect that it said, you said, hey, Siri, and then it will go do its commands. Very much similar with Samsung TV. This service is always on. And if you say, hi, TV. It then takes the next com things you say and yeah. does the commands. It invokes F-A-A-S. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Yes. Um, so with that, Samsung says, well, yeah, we're not taking everything and sending it to the third party, which maybe I agree with, and the microphone's not always on and listening. I disagree. Because if the microphone is not always on and listening, how the hell does the TV know that you just said, hi, TV? Yeah, it's clearly on. It's just yeah. not sending. Yeah, it's right. just not send, sending. So Well, right. that we know of. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, true. Now, that said, we can look at the network traffic because it's all in HTTP for stuff that's unusual <laughs> commands being sent off. Um, now, I, I'm thinking about... Yeah, this had they thing. encrypted it in SSL, it would have been... Right. Wait, never mind. Wait, with a <laughs> certificate. Yeah. Yeah. We established that at the that. beginning. We covered that already, yeah. Paul. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, well, there's no super fish on the TV. Wait, maybe there is. <laughs> That's the big story, though, is is just the uh, it, that it's unencrypted because, I mean, Amazon has their Echo, which is you know a purpose built appliance that you put in your house that whose sole purpose is to listen to your conversation. Mm -hmm. Why? Why are we doing this? Why? Were we not warned? Did we not read? <sighs> I, I for one, accept and. Yes, my, my yep. new overlords. <laughs> you, you accept and embrace the surveillance state, Larry? Without that, I wouldn't have a job, I guess. Wait, Jerry, go back. I haven't heard about this Amazon Echo thing. Is they really have a device? That, yeah. And what does it oh, do? Yeah, like, buy stuff? Uh, it's a, it looks like kind of, it reminds me of a Polycom conference yeah. phone, you know? Those were... You put it in your house and, uh, you, and it'll uh, kind of listens to your, you, you know, your questions. You can ask it, you know, for recipes or, or uh, 
you know, measurements and stuff like that. So you can convert cups to tablespoons, that sort of stuff. Voice recognition hears you from across the room. Yeah. <laughs> so does the NSA. Exactly. And does it automatically populate your, your cart in Amazon? That would be cool. I think it does, actually. Add gelato to my shopping list. <laughs> I want the 55-gallon drum of lube. That's, <laughs> that's, that's on my Amazon wish oh, yeah. list. And the banana slicer. <laughs> Somebody recently figured out the heaviest thing you could order off Amazon to, with Amazon Prime. It was like a 6,000-pound safe that free shipping on. I'm like, wow, that's got to hurt them. That's terrible. Anyway, off top. Now, 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 now I have to go up. find that, Andrew, to see for myself. Right? I don't know if it's still there. This was like a year ago. No problems. Okay. And, and you can return it, too. Yeah. <laughs> 30-day money-back guarantee. <clears throat> Take this 6,000 pounds back. <laughs> it's not working for my boat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Oh, what is this pen tester's pledge, Larry? Uh, this, so this was kind of neat. So I pulled this out of the article that uh, Mark Baggett wrote up on custom Metasploit payloads. And he said, after doing my pen tester's pledge, and I'm like, what is this pen tester's pledge you speak of? So Ed Scotus came up with the pen tester's pledge, which is, in fact, I'm going to read it off your screen, is I, state your name, do hereby pledge to use PSXEC. I, state your name. To, oh, uh, to, sorry, I wasn't repeating. To that. use PSXEC to exploit Windows target machines after I have gained admin credentials and SMB access of the target environment. I shall forsake other service-side exploits thereafter. Otherwise, I un <laughs> unnecessarily risk crashing target systems. Mike, how true? I mean, why do you need to launch more exploits after you've got potentially local admin and SMB Did, access? Just use PSExec. Didn't I already make that point tonight? I'm just saying. I think so. I think so. You made a lot of points tonight. Yep. <laughs> oh, Paul, you're just saying that. We made lots of points, too, but mostly with icicles. That's right. And my big point was Night Lies. <laughs> Nightlies. You've got to make sure your nightlies are up to date. Yes. Yes. So what we're learning here is that really the primary vulnerability is is Active Directory, and we should just get rid of that. Right. Um, no. Because we should. Yeah, we, some, should we should go with some, some other. Andrew just like <laughs> dropped a bomb and then like left. That was like grenade yeah. <laughs> through the hand grenade. Because oh no, you, we should totally drop Active Directory and go to Novell. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, E-Directory. <laughs> they were so close, man. Smoking, they almost had it. Smoke and mirrors, maybe, man. Smoke and mirrors. <laughs> maybe Mozilla can build something into the browser. No, That's I right. mean, yeah, I, I don't actually think that, but it's funny how often local admin rights leads to AD transversal leads to domain admin, and then they own the shop. It's like, but it's not about Active Directory. It's about poor hygiene. That's I, don't, I don't disagree. That's true. Uh, because, you know, we have solutions for most of it. Um, we just don't one, use them. The one that is a sticking point, I will admit, is the widespread local admin. A lot of people have a really hard time with that because the operational argument back is, but I need that because if this machine becomes detached from the domain for long enough, I need a way to recover. And it's a valid argument. And it's a difficult thing to manage a local administrative credential on thousands and thousands of machines when it's not common. So that is a particularly difficult sticking point. There are mechanisms out there. There's blogs written about it. There are ways to do it. It just takes a lot of effort. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned the local admin thing. The sad part about that is uh, before that one 
patch that Microsoft came out with. Uh, what was that one? The one that prevents local admin login from remote to non-domain controller machines. Um, it was so trivial to pivot around an environment at that point that it was an egregious wide open hole. That patch actually did some good. Um, that, that particular patch did some good, but it doesn't stop uh, the, the exploitation because if you've got a red 500 account, you still get there. Um, but anyway. Wait, did I get on a did I get on like a soapbox there for a minute? Sorry about that. Dude, you've been on the soapbox the entire show. What are you talking about? I know. About? You love me for that. I Paul. started you out on the soapbox though, so it is You did. You did heart. wind me up, man. I did. You know, the one thing I will say is that from from the blue team side, we absolutely completely suck ass at catching internal lateral movement of bad guys. Once they're inside the door even a little bit, once once they're past that perimeter, most organizations are deaf, dumb, and blind. And there's so many opportunities to catch that activity, and we suck at it. You know, you know you're right. It's funny. I, I wrote um, a gold paper fairly recently, and, and this is not just shameless self-promotion, but I was talking about Windows Wait, Event what's, Logging. What's, what's, a, what's a gold paper? Is that like the Australian version of a white paper? It is. <laughs> oh. Cheers. No, I'm not doing – it's a sans thing, but um, – Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, – I talked about uh, some of the um, things you can look at in uh, Event Logger related to pivoting activities. And you can look at them uh, and determine what's normal and what's not normal. The question is, are you looking at them? Um, you know, people have, it seems like a real hard time correlating event logs and actually spending time examining them. Uh, yep. And that's, that's, that's why when we get into an environment and we pivot around mercilessly, Nine times out of ten, we just do that unimpeded. Yeah. Right. Larry, wow. Did you have more stories, Larry? Um, yes. But uh, there was another one that was interesting um, that I haven't had a lot of time to, to look up on, uh, but one to get you guys. Um, equations group? Oh, yeah. Oh, Please yeah. fill me in. Uh, that's a frightening one. Um, it's ugly. Yeah, Larry. Go, I mean, go go ahead. You, you oh. got the goods. Right? No, no. So I honestly don't have a lot of. Um, I, I saw a lot about it, but I just didn't get a chance to look at um, stuff about it. So I was hoping you guys could tell me something about it. Well, well, the the part that really scared me as I was reading a little bit was um, the idea that uh, this group has been working, as my understanding. Hmm. Uh, on um, malware at the firmware level for um, drives, uh, you know, media storage media. So, so like bad BIOS type stuff. Yeah, um, and they've gotten it so good that they can, um, you know, store data away on the drives uh, for later retrieval. Um, mm. They can exfiltrate it. Uh, was my understanding, uh, and it is completely invisible to the operating system. Right. Uh, is this and, the one they called Fanny? It is one they called Fanny. That's right. Um, and that the, the assertion here from, I think it was Kaspersky, was that the spyware that, that's on the firmware, um, and the, the assertion here is more than a dozen uh, uh, manufacturers, uh, you know, uh, you, your big ones, Western Digital, Seagate, et cetera, um, that um, these, these have been infected for years uh, with, with this malware. So this to me was very, very disturbing. Um, that you know we could have uh, infected malware on drives that's been around for a long, long time. Now the thing I haven't followed up on is 
has this uh, uh, also been um, ported over to the SSD uh, industry as well? Ooh. I suspect it probably hmm. has, but um, I don't know. But that's uh, it's kind of a frightening thing. I don't know. I'm sure, somebody else has a comment on all that. But one thing I will say, my initial thought is: okay, let's assume this is actually happening. It isn't hype. Let's assume this is out in the world in in a recently a reasonably sized footprint. How much do we suck at egress monitoring that we never caught any of our any of this activity? Exactly. Ever? Well, and, I, you know, I my counter to that is in some of my reading that uh, some of this malware actually its intent was to partition some sectors off the drive and write data there for later retrieval and never to exfiltrate it across the network. So we may not have seen it. That, that, I'm sure some of that, absolutely, but others, uh, it was clearly exfiltrating. And I think, you know, a couple things on that. We just trust outbound data for whatever reason. And yeah, Fanny, uh, the, purpose of, the purpose of Fanny was to, to hop air gap networks, right? So it was, it was uh, you know, it, its primary target was USB drives that would move between computers hopefully computers that were sensitive and air-gapped, and it would copy data to a hidden partition. And when it was reattached to a device that was on the network that was infected with Fanny, it would pull down that, that data off of the hidden partition and upload it to the command and control server. And I think that's the opportunity that, you know, that we would have seen catch it. Um, so, you know, I, I, it's interesting when you go back and look at some of the history, if you, if you search for, uh, Google for fanny.bmp, you can find some old uh, threads, or forum threads, about people trying to find out how to get rid of that thing. So people knew that it was going on, and I think there was one that showed it was, uh, I think from 2011, that uh, something like 37 of the roughly 40 AV engines and virus total were catching it. Okay, so say so they knew about it, they didn't know how to get rid of it. Um, right. Yeah, interesting. Um, and then it probably fell to the wayside because people are like, well, okay. Uh, there's, there's this short attention span issue, right? I mean, it's like, mm, well, we got to move on to bigger bigger fish, right? Yes. What did you guys say? Oh, right. Um, make, make it go again? Wait, <laughs> fanny.bmp. That's right. People are searching for it. Be, be careful with that. Yes. That could be dangerous. Don't, don't do the image search. Do the, right. I gotcha. <laughs> do oh, now, I'm do, now I'm going to do the image search just because. <laughs> lemon did le the image lemon party. It wouldn't be a party without some old, old dick. dick. <laughs> but, you so know, I, I think. think I, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think I also read that they had alleged that this was not via traditional um, exploitation attempts, is one thing I read. Yeah, that part wasn't very clear to me. I think yeah. some. I know some of the. I think Fanny was. I'm not sure that Fanny was actually the hard drive infector. I think there was a different piece of malware that was was rewriting the the hard drive firmware. But um, wait, was that something inside Fanny? That what you're no, saying? No, I don't think so. I'm pretty oh. sure Fanny was specifically targeted at USB Steve drives. Got but that. anyway, thanks, the, Steve. The, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Paul, if you have something inside your fanny, you should see it. <laughs> you should see a doctor about that immediately. See medical attention. <laughs> and if it lasts for more than four hours, <laughs> you probably took some of Jack's pills. Mm -hmm. So uh, what, what concerns me is this stuff is relatively old. I knew I should have taken the blue pill. 
this is this stuff the, the things in that report are you know 2001 through 2010 you know vintage i i gotta wonder you know and i think one of the reports said that most of this infrastructure was shut down at sometime in 2014 you know presumably because they've moved on to something more sophisticated well, it, that, that highlights a couple of things, I think. Uh, I mean, good security research takes time. I mean, it takes a lot of time, right? Um, which, unfortunately, means that, uh, you know, on the on defense side, uh, the, the odds are way stacked against us. Yeah, and the, the other thing that concerns me greatly is the uh, – you can guarantee that there's a lot of criminal enterprises in other, you know, other uh, lesser countries – looking at this and figuring out how they can adopt these techniques. Absolutely. Yeah. This is the problem with the nation state argument. It doesn't, once the technique is out there, it's very easy for others to co-opt it. So it's very difficult to attribute something to a nation state in my mind. Sorry to branch right. off into that, but. <laughs> so, uh, Jerry and Andrew, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about, uh, first of all, a, a little bit about your backgrounds, and then I want to ask you a little bit about your podcast as we kind of round things out here. Sure. Go ahead, Andy. Sure. Um, where to start? Uh, I've been in IT security most of my career. Uh, grew up in Detroit, and I escaped. live in Atlanta now. And uh, Jerry and I worked together initially a long, long time ago at a, one of the first sort of managed service providers kicking around, a company called Netrix that got bought by ISS. And so I went to work for ISS down here in Atlanta, and then I went to work for Checkpoint and spent a lot of good years there and decided to beat my head against the startup wall. So then I went and played around with a couple of startups. Uh, Dumbala, which did uh, still around botnet defense and detection. Then I went to um, Algosec, which did firewall auditing that sort of stuff. Left them and went to Acuvant, where I had a good couple of years there and just recently left and currently doing uh, security architecture for a company called Elevon, which is a division of U.S. Bank. So uh, most of my career has been kicking around either the operational side or the sales engineering side of, of IT security, primarily focused around, you know, most of my, uh, I'd say, stronger areas are, are around uh, network security layer type stuff. But um, but I've known Jerry since we were wee lads long, long, early, long time ago. Early 90s, yep. Yeah. And, did uh, Jerry have hair back then? He did. I can even show you pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it, is thir it is Thursday. You know what that means. Throwback Thursday. Throwback That's Thursday. Right. So, Jerry, how did, how did you get your start? What's your background? Uh, so, uh, I uh, my, my background is a bit into the industrial space. So... Kind of out of out of high school, I went and worked for an electroplating shop, and uh, it was it, it was one of those uh, life lessons, right? Really great place to have worked, uh, but it was it was hard, and um, I, I learned a lot. I went from there to actually work at Netrex with with Andy, and uh, that company got bought by ISS. Uh, I rose kind of through of IT at uh, at ISS. And then uh, IBM came along and bought us up, and I still remain there. I keep trying to tell him he needs to leave, though. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm at IBM right now. Cool. But Jerry and I, uh, uh, yeah. So, Jerry... so you guys started to do a podcast together. What, whatever possessed you to embark <laughs> on that journey? 
come up that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I still question that, but go on, Jerry. <laughs> so, so a couple of years ago uh, in 2012, I um, you know, I, I, I really hadn't been in podcasts or I hadn't really paid attention to podcasts up to that point. And I started listening to it and uh, I got a little frustrated because I, you know, I was, I was on the defensive side and there wasn't much defensive, uh, you know, defensive content in terms of podcasts. It was, it was very, very heavily slanted towards offensive techniques. You know, in, uh, the ISD podcast was going and a, a number of others. And uh, at the same time, we were seeing lots of, uh, you know, lots of very public breaches going on. So I just had this idea, hey, let's, uh, I'm going to start a podcast talking about you know, th these breaches that are happening in the public and wh what can we learn from them. And uh, so I did that for, uh, I guess, about eight months. And uh, Andy and I were talking and, um, you know, we, 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 I think we complement each other pretty well. So uh you know, I brought him on the show, and that's uh, I think uh, about a almost two years now. Yeah, he's been with us. Crazy yeah, bastards! Two years. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we were just riffing at a party, and uh, it's uh, I think because Jerry and I have known each other so long, we have slightly differences of opinion, but enough to make right. for some interesting conversation, and you know, different experiences in different areas of the industry, and. Um, you know, Jerry's good at being a straight man, and I like to be the snarky commentary, so it works out well. <laughs> nice. I wish we had that balance. We're pretty much all snarky commentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jerry, you're going to have to come on and be the, be the balance for us, too. Aw, <laughs> oh, Paul, come on now. I'm a lover here, man. Come on. Dude, you've been on fire this episode, Joff. Like, I can't even keep <laughs> yes. you under control or remotely try and keep you under control. It's yeah. a good thing, though. I like uh, I like the out of control Joff. Yes, thank you. <laughs> we should do five questions. Have uh -oh. you guys um, have you guys heard the five questions before? I, I, uh, I have. Okay. So three words to describe yourself. I'll start with Jerry. Oh boy, um, that's two. <laughs> <laughs> good one, Joff. That doesn't count. Uh. Uh, boy, stressed, stressed, and stressed. Andrew, How about that, uh, cranky, opinionated, and caffeinated. Andrew, if you were a serial killer, what would be your weapon of choice? Katana. Jerry. Oh boy, I got to go with chlorine. Ooh. Jerry, if you were to write a book about yourself, what would the title be? Oh boy. Can I pass? That's <laughs> oh, that's title. Title. Oh, oh boy! There you go. That's a great. That's a, actually that. That's what it would be called. Oh can boy! I can I pass, Andrew? There over you to you. Sorry for the inconvenience. Uh, excellent, <laughs> Andrew. In the popular game of Ask Grabby Grabby, do you prefer to go first or second? Oh, first, Jerry. I I gotta go second. Absolutely. It's into like a matched pair right exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> you guys are perfect for each other. <laughs> Jerry, choose two celebrities to be your parents. Oh. Um. That's a hard one, I know. Crap. Crap. 
You can think of the dad, and then you start thinking of the mom, and you start weird because she's going to be your mom, and then you become a Freudian experiment. (laughs) I understand the thought process. That is the problem right there. It is. That's exactly the problem. So you got to go with Angelina Jolie. Yes! Yes! That is the most popular answer. Wait, wait. Pre or post-surgery? Oh, Oh, definitely pre. Okay. You know what? Just checking. You know what? I'm going to change that. Sandra Bullock. Okay. Oh, so right. The Net is your favorite Fine, hacker movie of all time, Jerry. I see. Okay. It's okay. There's a bomb on the mom. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, boy, I guess Vin Diesel. Whoa. You got What's three? Me? Oh, no, that's not true. Just two. No, they, this is the 2000s. I mean, that's right. That's right. That's right. It's an open that's relationship. Perfect. Andrew, over to you. Two celebrities to be your uh, parents. See, I've had time to think about it. So I'm going to go Clint Eastwood. Good one. All right. And Sigourney Weaver. Nice. Oh, oh. There is no Dana, only Zool. That is <laughs> above her ah, sheets. That was good. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Jerry and Andrew, no thank you very much for coming on Security Weekly and uh, crossing the streams, as it were, on the podcast. So. Yes. Uh, where hopefully, can we, Paul, where can we find their Hopefully podcast? someday we can come on your show because we would love to crash your party as well. No, where, maybe, where can we find their maybe podcast? Maybe we can make this a regular thing where you can come on our podcast, we come on your podcast, and we'll, we'll mix things up. Stir so. drinks with icicles. And... Stir drinks with icicles. And, <laughs> and then come sure. on your ridiculous. podcast. Ignore poor Michael Santarcalangelo. I don't know what happened. He, was, he wasn't on Skype, but he said he was. I don't know what happened there, but next time we'll have Santa. He's hanging out with Phil Zimmerman. Yeah. <laughs> So what what happened there? Phil just bailed. He like couldn't handle being on the same show with Jerry. What? what uh, no, I just you know sometimes there's just scheduling miscommunications or yeah. not communicate. It just you know what happened. Do you guys have guests on your show? No. <laughs> Smart <Yeah>. move. Smart <laughs> move. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work scheduling. Your guests, show runs so. really well, doesn't it? Well, yes, um, it does. We also have no sponsors because we've insulted everybody in the industry at this point. So you know, <laughs> at this point, we've got no fear. It's uh, it's easy that way. We'll, we'll we'll get the guests that were scheduled for this show uh, on a future show. Um, awesome. Sometimes it takes a couple of tries. It, doing this, As, this is not. This now. is yeah. This is not the first time it, something like this has happened come, with somebody goes, with like a big name. Territory. And, and like so, HC Moore was a prime example. HC Moore is going to be on the show, and then like it was like three months uh, before uh, we made it. Yeah, it's it happens. Uh, Did I just? Well, we're here. We're here. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So I, I was going to ask you guys, where can we find your show, and what is the name of it for our listeners? So it's the Defensive Security Podcast, and you can find it at defensivesecurity.org. Awesome. Well, Andrew and Jerry, thank you very much for being on the show. With that, we're going to take a short break, come back, and wrap up the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. And that should conclude this show. Thanks, everyone, for watching. We will not be back next week. We're on break next week. And then we've got an absolute marathon. Uh, Just ridiculous. It's going to be ridiculous after that. We're recording shows in March, April, May, and June. I think there's no... And even July. I don't know if the fourth holiday. March, April, May, June, though. There's no nothing stopping us from doing the show that whole time. So make sure you tune in for that. Thanks, everyone, for watching. And we will see everyone not next week, but the following week. So, Larry, take us out. Over. And.
bicycle. 